Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Latina CEO Identity Podcast. I am so happy that you are here. Today, we have a very special guest who is currently a client inside of my signature group program, Align Coaching, a program designed to support therapists in doubling their therapy income with coaching. Victoria Erdel Garcia is a communication coach for adults with ADHD. After several years of building her business and processing her life after a late diagnosis, Victoria is committed to helping other ADHD adults become clear and confident communicators. Through her four-month one-on-one coaching program, Victoria helps her clients work with their brains, not against them, to strengthen their writing and public speaking skills. Victoria believes that being a confident communicator can unlock the life of your dreams an idea that she developed as an Ecuadorian-American daughter of an immigrant. In today's episode, we dive deep into unpacking Victoria's process in building her business and navigating ADHD. You will get to learn a little bit more about the work that she does and some of the most incredible wins that she was able to create inside of Aligned Coaching throughout her business journey. Hi, and welcome to the Latina CEO Identity Podcast, a show for Latinas who want to take the unconventional path. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Liz Fernandez, a first-generation daughter of immigrants and therapist turned multi-six-figure CEO and identity coach. I help Latinas create and claim their identity as booked-out coaches and entrepreneurs. In this show, you will have a space to help you realize just how gifted and extraordinary you already are so that you start tapping into your gifts and start creating your Latina CEO identity. Lista? Let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited because today we have a very special guest. Her name is Victoria Garcia, and we call her Tori. Um, She is currently a client inside of Align Coaching, and I'm so excited to bring her into the show today. She is a communication coach and an expert in ADHD, and I cannot wait for her to pour into us today because if you are someone that identifies with navigating undiagnosed ADHD and or you you have been thinking about working with a communications coach and or you want to start your coaching business and you have no idea where to start, this episode is going to really support you. And Tori is here to give us so much value. So welcome to the show, Tori. We're so excited to have you and to learn from you today. Tell us a little bit about who you are and like what your work is around. Sure. First of all, thank you so much, Liz, for inviting me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here. As Liz mentioned, I'm Victoria Erdo Garcia, and I am an ADHD communication coach, which means I help people with ADHD, whether they are already diagnosed or not diagnosed, but they just strongly suspect that they have it, become more confident communicators. So I do this through a variety of methods, but basically I help them with their writing and their public speaking, and then look at larger mindset things as well, just to make sure that they feel confident in their voice going forward. That was so good. I love it so much. I get overly for university had also been kind of furloughed. The school closed early because of COVID. My dad is a low-wage security guard, so I just knew there was no way the three of us were going to live on one person's low pay. And so I thought to myself, what skills do I have? What business can I start right now that will just help me get by? And I thought about how in college I was a writing center tutor and a public speaking tutor, 
I studied teaching English to speakers of other languages in college. I had a background in that. And so I contacted my friends that same day that I got furloughed and I said, hey, do you guys know anyone who needs any sort of English learning or writing or public speaking help? And my friends really came through for me, referred me to my first clients. And so even though it came out of a place of desperation, I was fortunate enough to just keep building my business since then, since 2020. And recently decided I wanted to niche down specifically to people with ADHD because I was also diagnosed with ADHD back in 2020. And I just felt like the methods I was coaching people in really worked for other neurodivergent people. Um, So that's really how it got started. It does have a happy ending. Three weeks later, I literally got a call from my former work and they said, hey, we got this grant. We can actually hire you back. So it all worked out in the end. I got my job back. I launched a business that really became my passion and has grown ever since. So things worked out for me and I'm grateful for that. But I'm just really now in a place of excitement for my business. It's no longer a thing of desperation. It's a thing of expansion. It's a thing of growth. It's yeah, it's just exciting for me overall. And I'm really excited to just see where it takes me in the future. I just absolutely love everything that you just shared. And especially what I think really stands out to me from what you shared is this whole idea of starting a business from when you are in this desperate place, right? And we call it desperate place, but like, that's really the reality, right? Like, it sounds like based on what you were sharing, you were in a place where you're like, you were probably thinking there has to be a better way. Like I need to find a way or make a way. And this is the way that I'm going to start it. And I love that you highlight that point because it shows again that like many people think, you know, from the outside looking in that when you're starting a coaching business or any business in general, like it usually comes like, oh yeah, I'm talented or like, I know what I'm doing or it's a passion project. Well, that can be true for some people for the majority, especially Latinas, right? It really does look like this. We feel like they're, we're really good at certain aspects, but we know that there has to be a better way. And I can totally relate to everything shared because I was in the same boat when I decided to start, right? Like I wasn't, it was in the middle of the pandemic. I was like super desperate. I was in a dark place and I was like, there has to be a better way. Right. And I took advantage of the resources that were available that I could find. Right. And sometimes that just looks like someone sharing a post online that says, you know, like, Hey, we're having this event, come join us. Right. And for you, you took advantage of the people around you, your community, your network, and you really you really used that support system to support you in a difficult time, which is, again, something that, you know, sometimes feels uncomfortable to us, right, to receive that type of support. And look at you now. You started. You did it right. You your friends came through your network came through. They referred you clients. And it also proved to you, one, that you were supported and two, that you had a gift to share with the world and you brought it to us today. So that is just so beautiful. And again, I think a lot about, you know, when you started, like the story you shared, right? Like where you were before starting your business. Tell us about where you were before you decided to invest in Align Coaching. Yeah, before I decided to invest in Align Coaching, I was hitting a place of burnout with my business because even though it had become, like I said, something that I was passionate about and it was no longer about just pure survival, I definitely was not charging in a way that was sustainable for me. I was doing by the hour. I was charging extremely low rates that just did not match up at all with my experience, with my education, with the skills and knowledge that I brought to my clients. But I felt very 
scared to kind of level up because sort of what you were mentioning earlier, a lot of Latinas will often start their businesses from kind of a lower place and eventually, you know, they'll get somewhere and it'll be great. But I definitely have a history in my family of entrepreneurship, like all of my family in Ecuador, they, for as long as we can remember since the dawn of time, have been running businesses to get by. Entrepreneurship is quite literally in our blood, but I do think that for a lot of my relatives back in Ecuador and, you know, for my mom growing up in Ecuador, it was, like I said, just something to survive, not necessarily to thrive off of. And so I realized right before I started Align Coaching that I didn't want to just survive off of my business. I didn't want to stay in this place of, you know, fight or flight, of desperation, of burnout. And I wanted to make my business something that I was proud of, something that would help me thrive in the future, help me reach my goals, achieve my dreams, because that's something that I also talk about with my clients. Like, I believe if you become a strong communicator, you can achieve your dreams. And so how am I then not going to live that myself? So I just figured that aligned coaching was going to be part of that process for me to get to that next level. And it's truly been a life transforming experience. Like that is not an exaggeration. I came into it thinking I was just going to get, you know, the practical business advice, like here's how you set up an LLC. Here's how you set up that business banking account. And we've definitely talked about those things, but I think what's been more transformative for me is just all the mindset work that I wasn't even aware I needed to do until I started the program. And then I was like, Ooh, we've got a lot to unpack here, but it's been, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that Tori with us. And, you know, based on what I'm hearing you say, like, I'm always in awe. And I tell you this all the time. Every time we have a call, right? I tell you, Tori, you're killing it. You're like, Liz, you always tell us we're killing it. Um, But I thinking about what you were sharing, right? Like, and the experiences that you had before you started, I, again, I never forget our consultation call, especially because, you know, I, when you told me how much you were charging for your services, right, you were charging per hour, your business model was just not sustainable for the goals that you had. It also, you know, um, didn't even help you see that your business was viable, right, that it could grow and that it could eventually become your full-time career, And I never forget where you were at before and like the vision that I was holding for you. Right. And I also love that you, you shared about the mindset work that was necessary that you didn't even think that you needed, because I think a lot of the times, you know, when we're first investing in something or when we are, you know, maybe we've invested in the past and we've had great results and we think like, oh, we might already know a lot, you know, like, what is this really going to add to my experience? And I think you really give yourself a shot there and you completely changed your business model, right? How much you were charging, your level of feeling safe and comfortable with increasing your rates and reaching out to your community and network, right? Again, I think that's been a huge resource that you should definitely give yourself so much credit for because you've really learned to really use that support as visibility for your business. And let's not forget that you started your business like in 2020, right? So what you've created in the last, you know, couple of weeks has been transformative for you as a person, because you're not the same person that you were right when we, when we first started the program, and we're about to end in two weeks, which is crazy to me. But it's been just so beautiful to see you grow and go from a place, you know, of charging lower rates at the beginning of your journey, to now charging multiple four figure offers, and like, feeling really great about the work that you do, and how you support your clients through that process. So. I am curious to know a little bit about, you know, the hesitations that came up for you, because we both know there were some that came through. 
in the consultation call. So what was that process like for you when we, when we had that call? Yeah. So it's funny, actually, I don't know if I've told you this, but before we actually got on that clarity call, I remember thinking to myself and telling a friend, like, I'm just getting on this call to see what this is all about. I am not signing on at the end. I'm not spending any money. This is free. Like, I'm not going to get pulled into this. And then by the end of the call, I was like, actually, I think I'm going to do this. (laughs) It was just such a quick, you know, turnaround decision. But I did have two initial objections that I brought up in the call. One was just the price point. I knew what the price was going into the call. And I knew, technically speaking, that I had that money in my bank account and then some. But I was just hesitant to invest that money anyway, because I had never even though I was a coach, I had never invested in another coach before. And so I was just kind of like, what if this doesn't work out? What if, you know, it's a scam? What if, you know, just all these what ifs were coming up for me, but I decided, you know, that I was going to make the investment anyway, because just talking to you, I could tell that you were legit for one thing, but also I told myself, you know, it seems like this money means a lot to me. So if it means a lot to me, I'm going to do the work to make sure it pays off for me. And I also knew that I only needed to sign on a few clients to make that investment back and the investment has been made back. So it's all good. But my other objection that I had was just the time commitment, because I think I was coming into the program thinking that I was, it was basically going to be another like job or I'm also in grad school getting my master's in communication. So I thought it was going to feel like more homework But honestly, I mean, yeah, like I said, there is work to do, but it's the kind of work that sets you up for success so that you actually can rest more in the future. As you mentioned, because I was charging so low in the past, I had to balance so many clients at one time, have so many more sessions for not that great of a payoff. And now I've made almost what I've made in 2022 through my coaching business, just with like two clients. And I have, you know, more clarity calls coming up. The money is just coming with a lot more ease now and a lot less of a time commitment. So I've kind of thankfully proven myself wrong with those objections, even though I was, you know, a bit hesitant at first. There is so much here. And like you see me, we're seeing each other right now because we're on, you know, we're, we're recording this episode and I'm just smiling because I'm so proud of you, Tori, because I know that none of these decisions came easy to you, right? Like you had already, you know, maybe not invested in past coaches, but you had invested in past learning to support you when you did start your business in 2020. And nothing makes me happier than to see, like, I love that you mentioned, right? Like I just had to make the decision that I was going to make my investment back. And I think that that's something that sometimes we don't take that radical responsibility over when we're investing in a new coach, right? I think we it's very easy for us to say, oh, it's their responsibility, but essentially you're making the investment for yourself, right? For, for your own transformation, for your commitment to yourself. And I love that, you know, you decided to say, you know what, like I'm going to invest and I'm going to do everything that's in my will and power to be able to make this investment in return. And you did that, right? So tell us the tea, tell us how much you were charging and how much you're charging now. And she's laughing because, you know, now we can laugh about it. But yeah, like, tell us about like what you were charging, what you're charging now, right? Because you mentioned that like now the money's coming with so much more ease. And then we'll talk about like the homework and, you know, the the other objection. But tell us that first. Yes. I just did the math really quick. I have 100 times, 100 folded, whatever you want to call it my price, I used to charge $30 per hour when I first started my coaching business. 
Now I have a four-month coaching container that is currently $3,000 if paid in full for that container. But of course, prices will go up in the future once things happen. But anyway, I was charging $30 an hour. Now I'm getting invoices for $3,000. That's 100 times more than what I used to charge when I first started three years ago. And honestly, that's not even something I had necessarily even realized until right now when I did the math. I mean, it's pretty easy math. And I knew I was, you know, increasing my rates and everything like that. But just thinking about a hundred times more, that's that's crazy. But at the same time, it's not crazy. Like that's normal. That's what I should be charging at the minimum. And I think that's also indicative of a huge mindset shift that I've had since enrolling in the program. Let's just take a moment for that. Everybody listening, like this is so huge. A Latina in business is literally a hundred times like doubled, tripled. I don't know what the term is, right? Her revenue that she was making and, you know, your business model shifted so much too, right? The fact that you mentioned the ease in which you're this, these painfuls because they also paid in full right up front have been coming in. Like it just shows again, like the, the structure, right? It's because of the way that you set up your systems in terms of increasing and in charging coaching prices allows you to have a smaller caseload that it's going like client caseload that's going to help you with your again quality of life right it feels easier whereas before you were working so much more you had way more hours in your calendar for such a small number right and of course the numbers here for everyone listening they're neutral right like Tori's going to be increasing her prices. Like, so run, don't walk. If you haven't, if you need a communications coach, because she's going to be booked out soon. And again, you, you also mentioned Tori, right? Like how you were in grad school, like you are in grad school, you're about to finish your degree. You are working a full-time job. There's so much that you've had on your plate and you were still able to create this. And I'm wondering what that process was like for you. How do you think you were able to create? And I know I'm just throwing questions at you, but now we're into the tea. So how do you think you were able to create what you've created so far, given everything you've been juggling? Right. Well, I have been juggling a lot. That's true. But aside from just making more money, as I've mentioned previously, I'm actually putting in less time into my business than I was before, because before when I was charging low rates and had all these clients I had to balance, that also meant I was getting up at weird hours sometimes to meet with clients because I was just, you know, whatever worked for them, I would make work for me. I'm not really a morning person, but I would get up at 7 a.m., 6 a.m. for that call if that's what it took to make money. But since stepping back from that, since charging higher rates and just knowing that the right people will come to me, I've been saving myself so much time, sleeping more, not getting migraines as often because I'm not living this weird schedule. But in terms of actually getting to that point, like how do I get those clients? I think the first step was to just, as you mentioned, take myself more seriously recognize that my coaching business is not just a side hustle anymore. It is a full-fledged business. It is my next step in my career. It is something that I take pride in. And then also with that, realizing I can talk to people that I already know about, that I already know about my business. I did in the past talk to a few friends, but just people that I considered like safe. Oh, you know, I know they won't judge me. They won't think, who does this girl think she is? Like, why is she doing this? What makes her qualified? I started talking to literally everyone about my business, people that I already knew, new people that I met. I would introduce myself primarily as a coach before I talked about, you know, my nine to five. So that helped a lot. And the other big thing for me was getting on social media. In the past, I had been, 
you know, relying pretty much entirely on my networks and just word of mouth to get clients, which is great, you know, but it does have its limits because people's networks can have their limits. But I was too afraid to put myself out there on social media. I was just, you know, I'm kind of an introvert, even though I am a communications coach. And so I just didn't really see myself being like a social media personality as something that I could do. But I realized, first of all, if I'm preaching confident communication, I need to actually practice that. I need to get on social media. And then I also realized, you know, there's not any magic formula to being on social media. You can customize it to who you are. You don't have to make yourself a totally new person. You don't have to change your personality to do that. You can just show up as you are and it's fine. And literally within a week of launching my Instagram, I got my first four-figure client. So, you know, that was a pretty transformative experience. I definitely won't discredit the power of social media anymore because it's been really the key in transforming my business for sure. So freaking good. Thank you for sharing that with us because you highlight again, you highlighted so many important pieces there. Like the fact that you mentioned, you know, you don't have to be an extrovert and change who you are to be able to build this platform online, right? Like you had your first four figure client within like the same week that you decided to like offer your services on social media. And you know what I will say from just observing your growth, Tori, is that I find that the mindset work that you were doing, it's not the strategy because the strategy you already knew, right? And you knew that since the first call we had, but because I think you started, you opened your, you launched your Instagram a month out of the program. So you actually didn't actually start promoting your services on Instagram until a month we had since we had already started the program, correct? Yeah, I I think officially launched my Instagram in January of 2023. So I don't think it's even been a month since I launched it, honestly. Okay, well, there's that. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't been a month yet, right? Since she did it. But what I want you all to hear from what she's sharing is that her belief, right? I observed the belief that Tori had in herself. She wasn't telling herself, I'm a new person on social media. She wasn't telling herself, you know, people are going to judge me. What are people going to think? She went in there not caring about nobody, nobody. She was like, I'm here to get my money. I'm here to serve my people. And she came in not having any thoughts about the platform, right? And I think that's sometimes where we go wrong when we're starting to build our online presence that we have a lot of thoughts about the fact that we're doing something new. When in reality, what I offered to Tori, I remember, you know, sharing with you, Tori, like, you've been doing this work, like tell yourself you've been doing this work, you just happen to open a social media account, right? Just like a, if there was a doctor out there that had been practicing for 10 years, and social media was new to them, that doesn't disqualify the doctor from being able to practice on a human, right? Like he's been having that experience. They're just now bringing their work to a platform that's going to find their work that like make their work visible. And I I mean, maybe this is just me and my observations, but I do think that your mindset was like, for those of you that are listening, you might be asking like, how did you do it? I've been trying to do it and it's not working for me. And I want you to just see that like Tori's mindset was really, really strong. She believed in the power of the work she was doing and she was self-coaching herself all the time to make sure that like her belief was strong and then she could imbo- so that she could embody that. So is there anything you would like to add to that? I went on my little head talk there. Oh, that was great. But yeah, to add to that, I mean, I think, as you mentioned, social media in the past was so scary for me because I kept thinking, well, first of all, I didn't have a neutral attitude about it. I had a very biased attitude towards it. I automatically thought social media is scary. And that was what was holding me back. I kept thinking like, 
anybody could look at this, you know, anybody could just start hating on me and my content. But honestly, you know, through the algorithm, through hashtags, through the content you put out, you will just naturally attract the people who want to see your content, the people who want to work with you. So the chance of something catastrophically wrong happening, it's pretty low, honestly. You're you're basically just talking to your community. You're building that community. You're talking to them. You're booking clients with your community. That's really all social media is. It's a tool to help you. It's not there inherently to hurt you. It can be just a great tool for you to grow your business. So good. So good. Thank you so much for adding that because again, it can just be a tool. And sometimes we just need to remove the thoughts that we have about the platform so that we can use it as a gift because it really is right. We don't have to go walk around and pass out business cards anymore, but it's, we are the ones who decide, you know, how we see the platform and how we think about the platform. So I just want to say, this is so, so good. If you are listening to this write all the notes because Tori's like giving you all the gems today <laughs> about her process. And, you know, something that I want to touch on before I, I, you know, we kind of like go in a different direction is, you know, you mentioned the, the homework, right. And the fact that like you are in grad school and I know you mentioned, you know, you, you have a lot more time because now you have less clients, but you're, you know, you're bringing in more revenue for your business and, there was a part of you that was like, is this going to be more homework? Like, should I wait until I'm done with grad school? Tell us about your process with that. Because I do remember the question I asked you on the sales call. So is there anything you would like to share around, around that process for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, as I mentioned previously, one of my biggest objections was just, I don't have time for this. And you kept kind of gently probing me to answer the question, what if you started now? Where could you be in four months if you started now? And I kept thinking like, oh, I don't know. I don't know where I would be, you know, but I'll start after I finish my degree. Well, it turns out, you know, things kind of ended up aligning perfectly because when I had that call with you, I was actually on winter break from grad school and I thought I was going to go back to school in January, but they ended up not offering the classes I would need for my degree because I'd already taken them. So I'm not actually starting up classes again until March. So I ended up having six months off from school. And I thought, well, this time just opened up for me. I will now use this time to focus on my business. But honestly, even if I had been in grad school that whole time, I think you were absolutely correct in that if I start sooner, I can start seeing results sooner. So I could, you know, just wait until I graduate to start taking my business seriously. But honestly, it just made sense to start sooner because I can get all the kinks worked out sooner. I can figure out exactly what my messaging is, exactly who I'm targeting, exactly what my service is a lot sooner so that by the time I do graduate, you know, I can enter this whole new world and just do it with a lot more confidence. So I am honestly super glad that I started sooner rather than later because now I'm at a point where I feel like this business is actually viable. It's not just my side hustle. As I mentioned previously, it is my next step in my career after I do eventually leave my nine to five. And I'm just so glad that you pushed me to think through that and think what could happen if I started now rather than just procrastinating. Cause that's another thing with ADHD, love to procrastinate, love to feel safe, love to think, Oh, I'll get to it later. But just making that jump helped me do so many things for my business that I had been thinking about doing, but just never had really a deadline or timeline for that. I just started doing them like boom, 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 back to back to back because why not? I can, I'm in this program. Why not start now? It's just been the most transformative thing. And I'm just endlessly grateful that you challenged me in that way. 
This is so good. Thank you for sharing that with us, Tori, because you know what, like in what you were sharing too, like, I think a lot about how it's so common for Latinas to use time as a cop out because we are so caught up in like hustle culture sometimes because we, we literally feel like there's so much on the line. There's no time to lose. We got to get things moving as quickly as possible. And we also tend to have a lot in our plate, right? So it makes sense why, you know, we, we use it as a cop out. We use time as a cop out and it is actually a trauma response, right? Like, and apparently it also, you know, it's procrastinating as part of an ADHD symptom too, that, you know, you're going to share with us about a little bit more about in a little bit, but, you know, I think it's so off, it's so common for us to think about like the worst case scenario in, when making these decisions rather than seeing the reward. And I definitely took you to the worst case scenario, right? Like I allowed you to be human on the call and I shared, you know, like, okay, what's the worst case scenario of you enrolling right now? But what's the best case scenario? And which one feels better for you too, right? When you're making your decision. So I do think that with any decision, whether it's in your business and life with anything, right? Obviously your mind's always going to go to the worst, but I always want to challenge you all to think about the reward because it is true. The reward will come quicker if you take action on it now, not coming from, you know, a desperate energy of like, I need the results now because that wasn't your energy either, but you did make a commitment to yourself and you, I mean, you deliver to yourself, (laughs) you made the investment back that and then some more. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Tori. Now I want to shift gears a little bit to hear a little bit more about, you know, your own process and navigating ADHD symptoms and building your business, you know, at the same time, did you ever think this was going to be possible? Right. So in terms of building a business, when I look back at my childhood, I was always a little bit entrepreneurial. You know, I would create a little at-home spa, charge my mom and sister for my massages and things like that, you know? So I always had that in me. And again, I've mentioned, you know, I come from a family that is just very entrepreneurial. But in terms of, you know, using my ADHD almost as like a superpower to supercharge my business, is that something I saw coming? Not necessarily, because honestly, I grew up undiagnosed and I was not diagnosed with ADHD until 2020, the same year that I started my coaching business. I don't know if people are aware of this, but a lot of the diagnostic criteria for ADHD a lot of that research is based on research done on white men. And so if you're not that, then you're probably going to fall through the cracks. You're probably going to get diagnosed a little bit later. I think women in particular, the average age for a diagnosis is like 33 or something. And that's just like women in general. If you're a woman of color, it's probably going to be a little bit longer than that until you get diagnosed. So yeah, so there I was just living my life, not aware that I had ADHD for a long time. And it's kind of funny because I feel like I didn't realize it for the longest time because I had this kind of paradoxical issue of too much representation of ADHD, but also not enough representation of ADHD. So what I mean by that is that I can clearly see now that I'm diagnosed who in my family has ADHD. It's my dad. It's some of my uncles, some of my cousins, like I can see it, but they were all undiagnosed as well. And so for the longest time, Because I was like them, I was like, oh, this is just how people are. This is, you know, the norm. This is how everyone acts. So it never occurred to me that that was a neurodivergent trait or that they were neurodivergent. But then at the same time, when I thought growing up of ADHD, I always thought of the boys in my elementary school classroom who 
you know, were on medication and they had the hyperactive type of ADHD. Like they were what everyone thinks of when they think of ADHD, they think of hyper boys. And I was like, well, I'm not necessarily hyper and I'm also not a boy. Therefore it can't be me. I didn't even realize that there was a type of ADHD called inattentive, which is basically what ADD used to be called or like it used to be called ADD. I mean, so I didn't realize that for the longest time until I was talking to one of my friend's moms and she was talking about ADHD and girls. And I was just sitting there like, oh, wait, (laughs) the stars were lining. Everything was connecting. I suddenly realized that sounds a lot like me. Went to my doctor, got diagnosed. Anyway, all this to say that while I was diagnosed late in life, I realized that a lot of, well, I say late in life, I'm still pretty young, but like where I am currently, (laughs) um, I realized that the tactics and the methods that I've been coaching my neurodivergent clients in, it was really working for them because it had been working for me all along. Because I had been neurodivergent all along, I just hadn't realized it. Once I realized that I became a lot more intentional in researching ADHD and how it connects to your writing process, how it connects to how you deliver speeches, how it connects to how you just communicate in general. And that's when I realized like, oh, this is the niche I want to focus on. This is where I can be the most impactful, the most helpful. And so that realization has really just been pivotal in my business. This is amazing and so incredible. And I'm so proud of you for honing into that gift that you do have, right? And thank you for sharing, you know, your own journey with it, because I identify so much with everything you're sharing, because I truly believe that I have ADHD and I, it's just been undiagnosed and everything that you shared, I'm like, that's me, that's me, that's me (laughs) for everything, but it's so real. And sometimes I think we carry so much shame for these things rather than leaning into them and like using it as like, you know, our gift and our superpower and like adjusting things to support us in, in a way that we need to be supported because the truth is we're freaking amazing. We really are like, and we can't be looking at, at those symptoms as imperfections. Right. And rather like, that's why I love the work that you're doing. Right. Because you really empower your clients to not see themselves as different in, in a negative way, but rather, you know, teach them the skills to support themselves in in that process and, and with like the symptoms that they're experiencing. So I know that like, this is a specialty that you have how have your own life experiences allowed you to, you know, be a better coach while navigating ADHD symptoms? Yeah, I think having ADHD myself is so important because I can really empathize with my clients, you know, wherever they've been, I've been there as well. And of course, not to knock the work of therapists and psychiatrists, of course, their work is so important. But I have had clients come to me saying like, oh, I was talking to some therapist or medical professional and they we're looking at me almost more as like just a number, someone they have to talk to that day and they don't have ADHD themselves. So they don't truly like, they understand what I'm going through in like a textbook sort of way, but not in a lived experience way. And because I actually live with ADHD, I think it's just helped me become a lot more empathetic and inform, you know, how I coach the systems I set up. I set them up to be intentionally ADHD friendly You know, I record all of our sessions so that if they accidentally zone out in one session, they can always go and rewatch. I send them like a weekly digest of this is what we talk through through the week because a lot of people with ADHD, they need stuff to be written down or they will not remember. So, you know, stuff like that. I like intentionally build my business to be ADHD friendly and I intentionally use my business to show people with ADHD that they're not flawed. They're a human just like anyone else. And 
having ADHD is not some sort of, you know, disease. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just a way for you to operate the world in the world, maybe a little bit more differently than other people, but you still get stuff done. You still meet your goals just in a different way. That's all it is really. Something so beautiful about what you shared that really stood out to me was the part of, you know, you always, you recognize, right. The work that therapists and psychiatrists have, but you also realize that you are really gifted in this because you've experienced it and you have that connection to the people that you serve. And I think that that's something that sometimes as coaches, right, especially when we're starting, we tend to really have this internal battle of, you know, thinking we can't support someone through something that I naturally like struggle with. But this is exactly why you're the best coach to serve your people, right? Because you've learned the tools, you've developed the systems that work for you, and you're the best person to support them through that. So I love that you gave yourself permission to be like, no, who more than me that has experienced it and navigated this my whole entire life than to support them through this process. So I love that you gave yourself permission there, right? Because your clients aren't broken. Anybody that experiences these symptoms, like you're not broken. You are perfect, whole, incomplete as you are. And I love that, you know, you shared about all the tools and resources and ways in which you adapt your program and your services to support individuals that are experiencing these symptoms from a very humanistic approach. So I love that so much. And since we're on the topic of ADHD, what do you think are some of the misconceptions about ADHD and like misconceptions in general that you would like to debunk? There are so many. I think, as I mentioned before, probably the biggest misconception is that it is just hyperboy syndrome. You know, everybody with ADHD is someone who's like bouncing off the walls. I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen memes where it's something about like, oh, look, a squirrel, you know, which not really how a lot of people with ADHD operate, you know, every day. Also just that not everyone with ADHD is a man. You know, there's plenty of women with ADHD. So that's probably the biggest misconception. Also just that people with ADHD can't focus. They're lazy. They can't get stuff done. They're dumb. You know, there's so many misconceptions. I've even talked to therapists in the past when I first got diagnosed with ADHD and I wanted to just look at methods that could help me in my life. And I had a therapist literally ask me like, what university did you go to? So I told her and she's like, oh, well, that's a really good, well-known university. And she said, and what's your GPA? And I told her and she was like, that's also a really good GPA. Like, I think you're fine. You seem to be smart. So I don't think your ADHD is really affecting you. Like you seem to be doing well for yourself. And I was kind of like, I, I mean, maybe by societal metrics, you know, everything is great, but that doesn't mean that I don't still struggle with things like any other person would. That doesn't mean I don't still want to learn the tools that would help me. So I think that also is one of the things that catapulted me into doing my own research and figuring out what works best for me, what works best for other neurodivergent clients. Just all of these misconceptions that like, if you have ADHD, for example, you're dumb. If you are smart, then maybe you don't really have ADHD, like weird stuff like that. But going back to what you were even saying earlier about how you feel like you might have ADHD. I honestly wouldn't be surprised because a lot of people with ADHD go into entrepreneurship because being your own boss, having that flexibility, just finding stuff that works for you, that's that really appeals to a lot of people with ADHD. So I think that also goes against that stereotype that people with ADHD are lazy because I mean, if we're literally running businesses, we're not lazy. <laughs> that is so good. Thank you. I feel so seen and so heard because 
Yes. You know, I think a lot about when I was first starting to, and like, I used to shame myself so much because I'd be like, why do I always wait till the last minute to get things done? This must mean, you know, I'm not X, Y, and Z, right? And like, I even can see myself in a lot of the misconceptions that, you know, you shared. And I, so many of our people in our community probably struggle with that too. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'm not lazy. Oh my God, I'm not making excuses, right? Like, oh my God, I, there is a world where I can be safe and like really support myself and set myself up to like, not feel like I'm this terrible person, right? That just has all these flaws. Like there is a possibility and there is a world where, you know, you can lean into, into these things being your strengths and reframing them. And that's why Tori's here and she's such an expert at what she does. So Tori, with that said, we're coming towards the end of the episode today. Tell us about, you know, what would you say to someone that wants to start a coaching business, but is navigating these symptoms and is really struggling with all of, you know, what we've covered today? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say, first of all, just to realize that having ADHD or any sort of neurodivergency really is not going to be the thing that holds you back because you can use the way your brain operates as your superpower, as the thing that catapults you into your business. I think if you're struggling, it's probably because of mindset stuff, which is why, you know, coaching through things like aligned coaching is so important, so helpful. It's probably just that you need to get started. And I think one thing that I really teach a lot of my clients as well is that you don't need to have everything all figured out. You don't need to be perfect to get started. It can be the messiest start, but that's fine because that's better than no start at all. And you can always just get clearer and clearer as you go. And I promise you, I promise you, no one is really judging you as much as you think they are. Um, So yeah, just get started, honestly, and you'll figure out stuff from there. Your brain will literally, it's wired to help you figure out stuff because people with ADHD often work really well under pressure. And that's great when you own a business, having that flexibility and having that quick thinking, that's really going to help you. So I would just say, realize that it's something that's there for you, not against you. Mic drop right there. So good. So, so good. So good. It's something that works for you, not against you. I love that so, so much. So Tori, as we come to the end of the episode, tell us what your services are. Tell us who you serve. How can people work with you? How many coaching spots do you have available? Because everybody's going to want to hire you after this. Where can people find you? I asked you a lot of questions at once, but just let us know. (laughs) Totally fine. So you can find me on Instagram at Vici Coaching. So that's V-I-C-I Coaching. I currently have two spots open for one-on-one coaching and I do have some clarity calls booked. So if you're interested, I would definitely encourage you to get on that sooner rather than later. But I do offer a one-on-one coaching program that lasts for four months or 16 weeks. So in that is one-on-one coaching to talk about your communication goals. Like maybe, for example, a lot of my clients, they have a master's thesis or a dissertation to work on and they just, for the life of them, cannot get started on it, you know? Or maybe they have a big presentation for work that they just want to become a more confident public speaker or they just have some sort of communication goal that they want to get better at. And so we really tackle that in our one-on-one weekly coaching calls. In addition to that, I do weekly body doubling sessions with all of my clients, whoever can make it. Body doubling is basically where you just hop on a call And you just kind of co-work and having the presence of other people really kind of forces you to focus and get stuff done. So we do that. You have lifetime access to your session recordings, lifetime access to the body doubling calls that were recorded during your 
program with me and honestly, so many other options and opportunities through coaching as well. But all of that right now is $3,000 if paid in full. So once again, if that's something that interests you, if you're someone with ADHD or you feel like you have ADHD and you just want to become a stronger communicator, a stronger writer, stronger public speaker, whatever it is, I would really encourage you to go to my Instagram, find my Calendly link at the link in bio and book that clarity call, which is free, by the way. I love it so, so much. And you can also find all of what uh, Tori just shared with us in the show notes of today's episode. So you can find her link there. Her link will be directly to her Instagram to how you can book a call with her for a consultation and also just to, you know, follow her journey and the work that she does. I, again, am so in awe of everything that you do. And I'm so excited for everyone that's going to work with you, Tori. And again, you're going to be booked out in no time because again, like this is a real need in our community and just the way you feel you support your clients, right? The tools you provide them with, the knowledge that you have, the lived experience, and then the safety that you provide your clients with is literally unmatched. So we are so grateful for you for sharing all of your insights and wisdom with us today. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know there's going to be many other times where you're going to be on. And we, again, like are super, super grateful. So thank you all for listening to today's episode. We are so excited that we got to, you know, hear from Tori. And that is what we will leave you with today. Thank you for joining us, Tori. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. If you took value from this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. This will help other Latina CEOs find us. And if you're excited about this podcast, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at lifewithliz, that is L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-H-L-I-Z. Mil gracias por estar aquí and I'll see you in the next episode.